Good morning, everyone. Today is Mothering Sunday, and for some of us, this will not be an easy day as we wrestle with emotions of all kinds. For some, it will be a day when we look forward to some flowers or chocolates, hoping whatever we might receive won't break our Lenten fast. Whichever of these today is for you, I pray that in the midst of it, you might catch a moment of peace in God's presence. The older I get, the more conscious I am of looking like my mom. Are some of her mannerisms which I find in myself suddenly. It's all very scary. Am I really like my mum? Our gospel reading today tells us about sheep and some of their behaviour. And this got me thinking about something the first Christians portrayed. Being alike. Now I don't mean that they physically looked like each other. But they had attributes that were alike. And even more importantly, like ones Jesus had too. So today's big question is... Is this an important factor in being church today, do you think? This being alike. The early church, as we know, was made up of a ragtag group of disciples and those who followed Jesus at a bit more distance. And then after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, loads more people, presumably of all different backgrounds and ethnicities. So you might be wondering, how can I suggest they were alike? Let's think about the sheep for a moment. Jesus is having a discussion with some Pharisees just after he is healed on the Sabbath day, the man born blind. You can read that story in chapter 9 of John's Gospel. Suffice to say, a miracle happens. The healed man is investigated then by the Pharisees who listen to his answers but feel that he is lecturing them, which I have to say, it does feel a bit like that. Jesus then finds the man and asks about his belief. The man worships Jesus and some of the Pharisees nearby challenge him as he talks about his purpose for coming into the world. And then Jesus uses this parable to try to help them understand what he was saying. This most famous metaphor that Jesus uses is certainly a beautiful picture. A shepherd looking after sheep is a romanticised scene in many cultures and societies today. However, though it is indeed a beautiful scene, it is also a costly role. And normally when we look at this passage, we focus on the role of the shepherd and whether we can be like him. Today, however, I want to focus on the sheep and whether we are like them. What do you know about sheep? Did you know that they are most likely descended from the wild mouflon of Europe and Asia, who were one of the first animals to be domesticated somewhere between 11,000 and 9,000 BC, mainly for agricultural purposes, for their fleece, their meat and their milk? Sheep have very good hearing and are sensitive to noise when being handled. And perhaps most amazingly of all, sheep have horizontal slit-shaped pupils in their eyes with excellent peripheral vision, giving visual feeds, fields of about 270 to 320 degrees. So sheep can see behind themselves without turning their heads. How amazing is that? But what else do you know? Have you ever watched a flock of sheep in a field? If it's a calm day, they'll all be spread about in one of two poses, lying down, digesting their grass, or standing up, eating the grass. If there is a sudden loud noise or a dog appears, then they huddle together as fast as they can and all stand facing the same way. In that moment, they all follow the same instinct to be a flock together. But I can hear you say, Sue, what does all this have to do with being church? 
Well, Jesus is explaining to the Pharisees the role of the shepherd of a particular flock, of how they know his voice, how they follow where he leads, how they won't follow another shepherd, in fact, how they will run away from a stranger who might try to lead them, steal them even. The way shepherding was and still is done in the Middle East is different to the techniques used in the UK. Here, sheep are shepherded by a dog running behind them and pushing them forwards. In the Middle East, the shepherds call their sheep, leading them, and they follow the familiar, comforting and known voice. So do we know the familiar, comforting voice? And where can we find it? If we are the shepherd's flock, then we will all hear it and know who we are following and what is required of us as followers. Earlier, I mentioned myself, finding myself with some of my mum's mannerisms. I have to assume that they are in me because I spent time with her, listening to the way she spoke, the little actions that she took. And I've not only copied them, but sort of assimilated them into my everyday life, almost unconsciously. Can you imagine how life might be if we who are followers of Jesus did the same with him? Things that are important to him would be important to us. Things that he shuns, we too would shun, and so on. But how can we know these things? How do we hear his voice? Perhaps the safest and simplest answer is through the voice of the scriptures, because all scripture is God-breathed, as 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. And because Jesus is God, all scripture is in effect Jesus speaking to us. Josh Moody in his commentary says this, The sheep of Jesus will be marked by a characteristic desire to read the Bible, hear the Bible taught and understand the Bible, not because they are literary eggheads, but because they want to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Do you? The Bible is clear that God speaks in other ways too. Some Psalms tell us that the very heavens declare the glory of God. In other words, creation itself speaks to us of God. Our consciences too often reveal things from him. As Paul puts it to the Romans, this is chapter 2 verse 15, but my paraphrase of it, the requirements of the law are written on your hearts and sometimes your conscience will witness to you so that your thoughts can accuse or defend you. The Holy Spirit is key in helping us with all this. As we know, he can convict, convince, soften, counsel, encourage and illuminate things as he points us to Jesus. Being church, being members of Jesus, the Good Shepherd's flock, means we are those who listen to his voice and follow where he leads, and we do it together. Sometimes this will be, being by, this will be by being church together. And of course we can. At the moment, we are still together only by virtue of all having the same information every week. That means we can follow the service with the sermon and prayers and the music at about the same time. Some people are in study groups and not just for Lent, but all the time looking at scripture and praying together. Maybe this is something you might like to consider if you aren't part of one already. New ones can be started with all sorts of different approaches. But there is another aspect of being the Good Shepherd's flock that I want to think about for a moment, and that is their distinctiveness. A flock is a flock, and those who belong to it conform to the flock's ways. And then sometimes other sheep will join, and they quickly conform to those ways too, 
It's part of how the flock protects itself, I suppose. Any sheep that stray away run the risk of falling into some kind of danger or being lost. There is a story back in 2013 of a red deer fawn who got separated from its herd and joined a flock of sheep on Dunwich Heath. To the farmer, he was a complete surprise, needing a second look, clearly not a sheep, but living exactly as they did. His behaviour was exactly like theirs, grazing, moving and sleeping with them. His lack of woolly coat or inability to bleat didn't seem to matter to him or the sheep. The fawn is behaving in the distinctive ways of sheep and clearly feels one of the flock. He doesn't look like them, but perceives himself to be one of them, if you see what I mean. This makes me wonder about our distinctiveness. If others look at us, can they know that we belong to church? Does our behaviour make it obvious? Or sometimes are we more like the world? You might be thinking, well, what does that matter? Well, I think it matters a lot. If we are following the shepherd, then surely we need to be living the kind of life that the shepherd lived. The Beatitudes in Matthew 5 might be helpful. I often describe them as the be attitudes, the way I want to be. Now, of course, this is at one level, perhaps not so straightforward in the 21st century as it was in the first century. Or is it? Jesus gave us lots more principles by which to live, which we can easily translate if we want to in our everyday. But there's the rub. If we want to. Is sometimes the lure of the world with its money, sex and power temptations just too great? I expect that for some it is. And that's why being church together is so important, because we can help each other, we can encourage each other, and especially those new sheep who might be thinking about joining us. If we are listening together, working together, being distinctive together, then others will get to know. You might be asking how. Well, because our behaviour will be bringing good things to other people. We will be caring for the poor, the oppressed, the lonely, the sick. Why? because the one we are following and listening to is doing just that. What does our reading in Acts say, verse 44? All the believers were together and had everything in common. Their behaviour was the same and it was distinctive. So distinctive, others wanted to join in, even if they didn't look the same to start with. But by being together, they were able to listen and follow the things that Jesus had previously shared as being important. No doubt, like me, you can think back to things that your mum showed you that were and still are important to you. Anything from the best way to iron a shirt to making the best marmalade. And she probably learnt those from her mum or her grandma. Mothering Sunday is much more than a day to think about our physical mums. It's a day to think about our mother church, the people being in churches who've helped us and taught us in the past. Think for a moment, who are those people for us? You might like to say thank you to God for them right now. But here's the challenge. In the future, when asked the same thing, will others be thinking of you and me in that way? Will we have been distinctive enough? What is distinctive about us? What will others take into the future? I guess it will be the things we share with them that help them to follow the shepherd, to be part of his flock, to be church. I guess it will be the things that make a difference in their lives that will help them to have life and have it to the full, 
John chapter 10, verse 10. In our study this week, we'll think a bit more about how to ensure we're doing this and what that means for us being church together. I'll hope you join me, either with the paper notes or in the Zoom group. But let's close with a prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you call us by name. Give us courage to follow you together, now and always. Amen.